Welcome to Train ATX Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly McGill, alongside Nico Fazio. We are joined today by MLS All-Star John Gallagher here at the St. David's Performance Center. John, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited for this. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's only fitting to kick this podcast off by congratulating you on your selection. One in 26 to make the roster. What were your initial thoughts and feelings when you heard the news oh it was a whirlwind of emotions um i don't think it's truly settled in yet yeah. haven't been you know i've known for almost 10 days now but um yeah i found out in the locker room after um one of the games that we'd won uh the houston game i think yeah. and um yeah anthony precourt told me josh they kind of spilled the news and uh it was special being around all the guys and seeing how happy they were for me yeah, that's a special moment, I'm sure. Can't imagine, but well-deserved. Thank you. Amazing. I mean, now you get the chance to play against Arsenal, uh, one of the, the greatest clubs in, in European football. Um, how big is this moment to step on the field with, with such a prestigious club? Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's everything you'd want as a kid growing up, you know, being from that side of the world. I've watched those clubs um, on TV and could only dream of, of stepping on the field with them. So yeah, it would be, it would be a dream, dream come true. And, um, I honestly can't wait to get going. Awesome. And just kind of, you know, thinking about like, you know, you coming from that side of the world, right. What are some of your favorite clubs that, that you grew up watching? Uh, I'm a Man United fan, so I didn't have much of a choice with that. As long as I can remember, it was, um, the f uh, team that my family supported. So Nice. And yeah. who, are, who are some of your favorite players? Um, Ronaldo, Rooney, um, that kind of era, 08, when I think I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, young teenager at that point. So um, obviously getting more invested in watching the Premier League and yeah. getting the chance to go over and, and um, see those players for the first time at Old Trafford. So, uh, yeah, that kind of era when they were winning Champions League's Premier Leagues. Yeah. And you made note your coach for the All-Star Game will be Wayne Rooney. Yeah childhood hero mm -hmm. what excites you most about getting the opportunity to play under him i think my family are honestly more the most excited um you know having posters and jerseys of him and um yeah where i come from it's we live and breathe football so um it would be special and hopefully i can sneak a picture with him and something that um my grandparents can have up on the wall yeah <laughs> so you've got all the family coming out for the game, I assume. Yes, we've, yeah. we're traveling in from London, Dublin, America. Um, my wife's family will be joining, so we're going to have a, a little army with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, you're going to have quite the section mm -hmm. of the game. Perfect. So um, there, there's a segment, I think it's actually on your Instagram, where in a joking way, um, at the beginning of the season, they asked you to describe your celebrations and you said, Oh, you know, I never score. <laughs> and then you go on this streak where, you know, you, you, you're the leading goal scorer on the team from previous seasons. What was kind of that, that turning point that you think this season where now all of a sudden you're putting the ball into the back of the net? Yeah, I, I think if we look back to when preseason started, I actually, I didn't start the first game of the season. So, and that was most of the preseason. I was um, kind of out of the out of the starting 11. And um, having been a, a starter mo majority of last year, 
and coming in and um, not being a starter during those four or five preseason games, I guess you could say that kind of annoyed me, to put it politely. <laughs> and so I came on, I think, in the 60-something minute with 30 minutes and I was just like a ball of anger and ready to go out and prove that I should be starting, um, to put it quite frank. And I think it was second or third time I got the ball, got the chance, and I just thought I'm going for this. And yeah, scored. And um, the next few games after that, I didn't look back. Um, I just kind of kept finding myself in good spots and yeah, hope uh, hopefully it continues. So how much of that is you kind of dictating the game versus coach Wolf kind of setting up a structure into putting you into positions where you can score. Yeah. I mean, the, the coach is always going to have a specific way that he wants to play. And I think it's on you to go out and prove that you belong within that system. Can you adapt to the system? Um, we obviously play a very tactical game here. So there's a lot of demands that Josh wants from us and you have to be able to execute. Yeah. As you head into the All-Star Game 2018, you were part of um, Atlanta's squad mm -hmm. that won the Cup. How do you leverage or lean on that experience from that year with the team? Yeah, it was an up and down experience. It was my uh, my rookie year. So my first time as a pro and I was coming into a team with the likes of Miguel Almiron, who's now at Newcastle, you know, Joseph Martinez, mm -hmm. that's eventually, in my opinion, going to break the MLS goal scoring record. And um, you're trying to compete with these guys for, for playing time. So um, it was tough at first because you've gone from playing every minute as a college player and now you're fighting just to make the game day roster. But um, an experience that, you know, I look back on and realize that it was good for me in my development. Um, and obviously learning from a group of players that knew how to win week in, week out. So. Yeah. And a couple guys on that team uh, that year, Greg Garza, Mike Parkhurst. Yeah. We had them on recently. Great, great individuals, um, just both on and off the field. How or what did you learn from them that you can take into your time now with Austin FC? Oh, there's so much. I mean, both of them are, are such great guys. Um, you know, I didn't have my family over with me my first year and Parky had me over for Thanksgiving dinner. Just little things like that, you know. Yeah. Um, he was our captain, but he, he was he was a good dude. And so was Greg. Greg was always one of the first people to check in on you. And, um, you know, sometimes you can see those old players, they don't need to do that with young guys, but it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. um, and although they probably didn't realize that as, at the time, it, it did rub off on me a lot. And um, it's funny now it come full circle. They're retired. They're doing their own thing and they had me on the pod yep. on their podcast and um you know I've, I've been able to do quite well recently and um you know hopefully following their, their footsteps soon yeah is that kind of your mindset like pay it forward now that you're in a new city you know year three with the club the new guys that come in do you kind of use what you learned from greg and mike with the newcomers yeah i think it's it's so important um they created a a winning culture within that Atlanta team. And um, that's obviously something I'm, I'm trying to help do here. Yeah. Doing a good job. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things, like when we think about being a mentor, right, is what, what are some of the key things that we can pass on to the next generation? And if you had to go back to maybe the, the 13 year old version of yourself or, or 14 year old version of, of yourself, uh, thinking about all the ups and downs that, that you've been through to kind of get to this point, what's some advice that you would give 
um, to a younger player, maybe starting at that age? Um, I know you're young, but dedication was huge for me. Um, people always say like, you know, make sure you're enjoying it. For me, soccer was my one and only passion. So there was never an issue of enjoying it. I loved the sport. I loved watching it. I was engrossed in it. I just, you know, that I lived and breathed football growing up. Um, so for me, it was just dedication to it, getting better every day um, within my youth setups at home. If it was just juggling, um, you know, every every moment I was I was pretty much just thinking football. And um, you know, at the time, my parents um, didn't like it as much because my academics didn't get as much love. But um, I always saw the big picture. That's what I tell them. <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you have such a unique experience, like at the youth level, uh, you have experience playing with, uh, European clubs at the youth level. And you also have experience playing in the U S youth soccer system. Walk us through some of the differences that, that you saw growing up in between both of those types of systems. Yeah. So, I mean, I had quite a unique childhood where, um, my dad worked for a company that had us shipped all over the world. I was in Jamaica, um, Singapore, uh, America for a little stint. And then I was over in the UK kind of doing my own thing in boarding school and bouncing between academies. Um, I say that it is quite different growing up in America to the UK. Um, back home, grassroots football is kind of uh, fundraised by the town and Whereas here you have to almost pay to play sometimes, mm -hmm. which I think was um, tough at first for my parents having to realize that they've got to drop, you know, three grand for me to, to be on a team where back home it was like chipping in 25 quid to fund the jerseys that we'd wear for the season, you know? Right. Um, so that in itself, um, I think, is its own separate issue with, with grassroots soccer here. Um, I also think that uh, the parenting side is quite different. Um, back home, they're, you know, you give away the ball at a under eights game, you're getting yelled at by the parents. Whereas here, you know, they're patting you on the back and giving you orange slices at halftime. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's a little bit more intense um, as a younger player, probably growing up in Europe, there's more intensity around the, the, uh, the, the style of play, but also it's just easier for, for kids to get into the sport. I mean, mm -hmm. it probably opens the door to more athletes to kind of get on the pitch and, and just start kicking around. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird because the U S has an abundance of resources, whether it's um, facilities or the players itself. I mean, you have so many talented athletes within the U S yet, you know, you've got to rent out, a turf field to go get an hour on it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I realized this in the off season, if I want to go train at a field, you know, I'm getting kicked off at 10 minutes because it's owned by so-and-so and I'm not allowed. Whereas back home, you know, you just hop the fence, you're good. You know, they, they don't care. They like they like seeing kids on the field right, and they're play. encouraging it. Yeah, whereas here, you know, they're they're all fenced off and locked. It's like, what, what do we, you know, what is that purpose I get that you want to, maintain the the turf and make it look nice, but you're not getting anything out of it long-term. And you've had this experience even as a professional player. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, in the wow. in this past off season, um, 
my trainer and I uh, in Atlanta, we had to like schedule times to to use the turf high school field or middle school fields. Um, wow. And even then we were, people were coming on and asking, are you, do you have permission to, to train here? Um, yeah, it's just- That just seems insane to me that that's even an, an issue. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Gone are the days of pickup, anything. No such thing as a free lunch. When, when you, when you played in different countries, um, what was something that, that stuck out to you outside of, of the U S and, and, and the UK, like, were you playing in Jamaica as well? I've heard that that culture is extremely physical. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was quite young. Um, yeah. I was only eight, nine years okay. old at the time, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, soccer was like the sport over there right which was quite nice and then coming to the u.s it's completely different yeah you know um my parents were like oh you want to try baseball all these other sports the other kids are playing and uh, i just didn't have any interest yeah we i want to dive into your kind of preparation for game days um we've had dave tenney on and a sports psychologist who both cover you know the physical side of the game as well as the mental side of the game for you what goes into game day prep during the week, maybe even in the off season. Yeah, I mean, uh, it obviously starts with the first training back. You know, you've just played um, a game. How can you recover and get your body and your legs back as quick as possible? And then it's um, kind of ramping up throughout the week, you know, building towards that game. You want to have a couple intense sessions during the week to, to keep you ticking over. And then Thursday, Friday are pretty low key. But for me, the biggest thing is routine. I like to do the same things, eat the same food on the game day, um, kind of making sure I have no stone left unturned. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing for me, consistency, whether it's, you know, OCD, the way I prep for a game or I'm superstitious. I just like to know that, like, if I've done set things, yep. then I'm ready. Yep. Let's let's talk about that a little bit <laughs> yeah, more. I know. Because I was going to ask think, what are some uh, of these superstitions. <laughs> Like what, what is everybody has kind of, you know, maybe a certain way that they put on their socks or there's like a certain warm up that you do. What are some things that you do that are kind of part of that, like superstitious part of, of your game? Yeah. I'd almost have to like, they become so routine. I just do them naturally now because I've been doing them for hundreds of games, but, um, you know, I'll eat the same foods. If, if it's been working for me over, we, we won, then I'll eat the same pre-match meal. Um, whether it's, you know, rice, sweet potatoes, some eggs or chicken, um, I'll kind of mix it up between that. If we lost the one week with chicken, the next week I'll do like eggs or something. So, okay. So it's that drastic. (laughs) If, if, if something went wrong in that game, you're completely switching. Depending on how I felt, you know, um, I'm trying, I'm pretty precise with how I do my hydrations. You know, if I felt I've drank too much water, right. Then I'll say, okay, I only need two bottles of my from my yeti instead of three right. um, or more electrolytes so um I, i'm pretty dialed in with all that stuff and obviously we play at such a high level it's fine margins so i like to um try get gain those one percent yeah yeah we hear you have a pretty strict diet um one what does the diet entail <laughs> and two what led you to kind of i mean obviously you're a high performing athlete but what led to that decision um i think just as I got a little bit older, I, you know, I couldn't just stroll out onto the pitch and start whacking balls at the goal like I used to. Um, you know, my my groins and my hips wouldn't feel too yeah. great doing that anymore. And um, 
just from like an inflammation standpoint, trying mm-hmm. to keep that as minimal as possible. We play so many games at such a high level, yeah. intensity with the heat. Um, you know, I'm always just trying to be at my peak. So for me, um, my number one rule is just no processed foods. So it's all natural. Um, and then number two, um, I do pretty much gluten-free as well. So it's a lot of rice, sweet potatoes, potatoes, vegetables, organic meats, organic fruits. Yeah. And what did you eat right before you, uh, came onto the show? Um, I had a little... Spaghetti ball knows about the spaghetti. Okay. Yeah. The so, chefs, the chefs know. They, they know they, John's yeah, drill. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we keep winning every Thursday, we're having bolognese. Yeah. Every, you know, it was the chef needs to. I let him know. Okay. I was, I that's amazing. A, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I'm always intrigued. You know, you've got Tom Brady. Well, and his he, he was an inspiration, actually, like a little inspiration. I saw his like drastic diets. Yeah. I know he does like no nightshades, yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, I don't even know what a nightshade is. I, I looked into it and I was like, <laughs> like hey, a that's, lamp, like a nightshade. Yeah, I was like, that's a bit too extreme. Yeah. But um, yeah, no gluten. I try to minimize dairy. Yep. Um, and yeah, I feel pretty good. I feel light, strong, yeah. fit. So um, that's great. Yeah. I know. We, I want to try his avocado ice cream. That he has. No, I don't do that. Okay. I bought I bought a ninja ninja creamy. Oh, those things are oh, amazing. Okay, yeah. yeah, I've seen those all over social media, and I'm like, I feel like I need to get one. It was a good investment. Okay, we got one on sale, and we bought it with like our wedding Ooh, um, registry. Yeah, registry. yes, okay. that. And then my wife picked like everything, but that was the one thing I got. So okay. like protein ice creams. Oh like, wow. Okay. We did a. Uh, we need the recipe. Yeah, we did like a pineapple mango sorbet the oh. other night, and it was like just fruit. So, just and it, right? and it tastes up. it tastes amazing. Do you have like milk, water, no, dairy we, free, like coconut water? Oh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Oh, so you get those electrolytes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm getting one. <laughs> wow. I'm a foodie, so I I love all food. We could probably have a whole another segment just on on the foods <laughs> that we like. But um, so um, we we actually uh, got to sit down with Dave uh, at the very beginning of the season and one of the comments that he made that I thought was really interesting was that if you kind of look at the data and analytics behind some of the players, um, acceleration, deceleration, um, he mentioned you as, as someone who actually has like ranking it as the top player, Mm -hmm. um, in those categories. Is that something that you've developed over time? Um, eating the right foods, right? Doing the the proper hydration training, stuff like that. Um, or have you always kind of had like a core level of being one of the faster guys on the team? I would say f- fast. Yes. I've always had my speed, but, um, fitness. No, I was, I used to in, in high school actually run twice and then I was gassed and I was so frustrated because I felt like I was leaving so much out there um in terms of productivity and you know getting the ball i'd be my legs are already gone and um so it was actually when i joined um college working with the strength coach there and we i went in early before um my freshman fall and i joined uh, summer school and we were on the track 6 a.m you know four times a week in the gym lifting and that's when i really started to to learn like, okay, I've got to be much, much fitter um, if I want to play at a high level. And um, that's where it kind of began. Uh, Matt Howley, who was with um, Real Salt Lake, he was the first person that kind of told me like, if you want to you know, go to the next level, this is the amount of high distance that 
players are covering. Wow. And I, I, I wasn't at that level at the time, you know, as I said, I was fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I could beat players in, in a, in a sprint, but, um, you know, towards the end of the game, my legs were starting to go. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I started to build my base. Wow. And how old were you? Uh, I was, uh, I was like 17, 18, 17, 18 yeah. years old. Yeah. And that was really the turning point on dedicated focus specifically at the track just to get you that, that yeah. next level. Yeah, we were we were up 6 a.m., 6.30, wow. either on the track or on the field, which had a track around it. So yeah. there was no there was no ball or anything in sight. It was just um, show up and, and we were running. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a little easier to run at, at Notre Dame than it is compared to run here over the summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Might pass out uh, <laughs> a couple of times if that's the case. Uh, so. Wanted to talk about the, uh, you know, fan support you've received here, just the clubs received here in general, what is it meant to see this community of Austin rally around you all like they have? Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. It's truly um, an honor every time I get to go out and, and step foot in, in Q2 stadium and play front in front of the city, this, these fans. Um, when I got traded here, I was a bit apprehensive having known um, how the MLS soccer was in Texas uh, I didn't know much about the city of Austin. I'd, I'd never been to Texas before. So um, to come here and just see, you know, from that first game, I still remember walking out of the tunnel and there wasn't a seat empty. And um, I was like, okay, soccer has made its way to Austin. And, um, you know, we've, we've kept our foot on the gas ever since. Yeah, it's been surreal. I mean, just as fans, I mean, not playing, but just seeing the stadium and how there's something for everyone. I mean, you don't even necessarily have to be a soccer fan to enjoy all that Q2 has to offer. Yeah, I think like the colors, just the the singing, everything. Yep. It's just, uh, it's it really is a unique place to play. It really is, yeah. Does it ever get like, I mean, I'm sure it's not distracting for you because you're you're on the field and you're, you're going through like your, your, your sequences on the field and, and what you, where you need to be. But as a, as a fan, like just seeing the, the, um, supporter section behind the goal, like they're insane. People. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine like holding a flag for 90 minutes and just like literally that you do that the whole game. Um, it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. I say it all the time. I was like, they, they jump more than we do like they're constantly <laughs> yeah. on their feet and um probably sweating just as much in this in this texas heat we should get some fitness analytics on the supporter <laughs> oh, section yeah i mean they're doing arm workouts in preparation that's their game day prep <laughs> arm workouts to the nth so um out, outside of uh you know game day preparation and and all that stuff what do you like to do off off the field i'm pretty i'm pretty low-key um yeah yeah um I wouldn't say boring, but borderline. Like I, I don't do a lot. You know, a, a lot of my life has revolved around soccer. So um, if we've had a tough training session, you know, I'm, I'm back home and just trying to recover, eat the right foods, get ready for the next day because it's nonstop. And yeah. the MLS season's a grind, and you've you've got to be in tip top shape all the time. Um, and on top of your your sleep, your nutrition, um, but. You know, I'm not I'm not a robot all the time. I like going out um, to dinners with my wife. Um, spend a lot of time with our dog. Me to go parks, play frisbee. He'll play for. We'll throw the frisbee. I'm not catching the frisbee. Um, and yeah, we like to explore downtown, the domain. Um, 
But when I'm home, I'm, you know, I'm chilling, playing, playing video games with my friends or watching TV. Okay, nice. Have you guys uh, discovered any favorite restaurants yet? Like your go-tos? Um, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's so, there's so many good yeah. ones. We so. like, um, we like ATX Casino. Solid. That's a... Uh, because that restaurant, I think, is all gluten-free. Yeah, yeah. Correct me if so. I'm wrong. Yes, I actually Watching, think, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Now, if I go out to dinner, yeah. like, I will eat some. Okay, wow. I'm, That's I'm not, when we're... Yeah. Okay. As long like, as we're about four days out. If we go to an Italian, like, I'm gorging myself in garlic bread and yeah. pasta so uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Just <laughs> I, I, like the, I like to live a little <laughs> <laughs> live a little splurge yeah. Yeah. I, hear, I hear you on that that's I, for sure uh red ash is one of my that's favorites. what yeah. i was okay. the, that's what i was thinking okay. they're um burrata like starter the yeah. yeah that's one of our favorites too i feel like anything i've ordered there i'm like nothing's been mm-hmm. yeah can't go wrong um Along so. the lines of like game day away games with the travel, the time change, does your game day prep differ on away games or do you try and again, keep it pretty consistent, pretty routine? Um, I mean, it will just based on we're in a hotel. There's not a lot to do yeah. when I'm home. I have, you know, my car if I want to go out and grab something or just kind of open my legs up. Um, yeah, it's you're eating hotel food, so sometimes it's good depending on the city. There's some places you're like, ugh, remember their hotel food? It was terrible. <laughs> but uh, what city has the worst hotel food? Uh, depends on the hotel that you go to. Mm. So like Seattle this year was good, but Seattle last year was like, I mean, like I wouldn't feed it to my dog. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. I have no problem saying that either. <laughs> Seattle, shout out. Gosh. Food's terrible. DC yeah. though, amazing. Hotel. Yeah, the hotel's last hotel. Be great. I don't know what hotel we stayed in, but it was. Um, yeah, a lot of guys were complaining. What uh, What do you listen to um, pregame? Like, what's on your Spotify playlist? Um, a lot of like rock music. Okay. Yeah. I just got into that like a couple years back, so. Like what kind of rock music? Because like, there's a spectrum nah, yeah, here. Yeah, like, yeah, what no, we're I listen to. to like Kiss or like ACDC. Okay, like or, a little throwback. Yeah, yeah. Some okay, like some older, classic rock. Yes, classic rock. Okay. That's a better way of putting it. I'm not listening to like 2000s. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Or like you could even go metal. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, if, if you're going into like a physical match or something like that, I don't know. Red Hot Chili Peppers, listen okay. to those. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. Never gets played in the locker room, so... Yeah, I tried to enjoy myself in my in the car ride before. What? Who? Who is the the locker room DJ? Um, so the kitman Andrew Roberts will have his stuff on when we arrive, and then he'll get Chuck to the side, and Danny <laughs> Pereira usually takes it. Okay, um, can be like he, you know heavily Latin influenced sometimes. Some reggaeton. Yeah, but like. They only play like four different songs. So at this point, like <laughs> right. I know all the lyrics too. So. Hey, there you go. <laughs> but no, it's fine. Once, nice. w- whatever keeps the uh, the mood light. Absolutely. Um, there, there's been like a lot of different players that have, uh, you know, come into the locker room uh, o- over the, the last season, some big signings. Um, when those guys uh, start to, to come into the locker room and stuff and, and you start to build kind of a, a relationship with them on the field, off the field, um, what does that process kind of look like? How do you guys kind of get to know each other a little bit? Yeah, you obviously want to see how they integrate at first. You know, are they shy? Are they open? How are they in training? You know, um, 
naturally some guys will be a bit more outgoing are they jokesters are they super serious so you just try to right. get a feel um yeah. you know if you'll get along with them as friends or just kind of teammates you know um the biggest thing i've noticed in my career is that you're not going to be friends with everybody on the team right um but you can be friendly with them and yeah. you know get along with them well um you don't need to be hanging out with them outside one-on-one but <laughs> right. you know you can make jokes with them and um yeah i think in austin we have quite a quite a good locker room um yeah. i've been other places where that's not the case mm-hmm. um but here it's it's pretty inclusive and everyone you know that i wouldn't say there's any bad eggs that's awesome yeah so one of the one of the bits that we had with with mike and greg when we were talking to them is the aspect of different languages mm-hmm. right um in the position that you're in i'll, I'll give an example like johan valencia from cali Colombia mm-hmm. um, comes onto the team. He's a hundred percent speaking Spanish, yeah. right? Um, when a guy like that comes onto the team, how are you guys interacting with each other? Do you have a translator? Um, how does that relationship work? Yeah, I mean, on the on the pitch, it's not really an issue. Like, there's sure you just kind of couple key phrases. Yeah, couple key phrases. Um, but outside of that, um, outside the locker room, you know, you. Ha- or outside the field. So you hope that they're learning a little bit of English or you can right. learn a little bit of Spanish. Um, there's guys in the team that can speak both. Mm-hmm. You know, Hector, Jimenez, Danny Pereira, they usually do some translating for us. Okay. But um they're all they're all really good guys. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Talking about Austin FC's Academy, I know that that has been such an essential part of this club's long-term vision. How do you personally engage with the youth and, you know, whether it be through community events or different activities the club puts on, how do you interact with the youth here? Yeah, I mean, we have the ATX2 team now, which has been um, quite a big step for the club in, in terms of developing younger players. Um, they'll get the chance to, to come over and train with us at times, whether they're the sparring team and, yeah. um, you know, we get to just attack them for couple minutes or um work on some tactical stuff um but yeah it's 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 great because i was once in their shoes too where i'm coming up to train with the Mm -hmm. with the first team and you're a little nervous and you know you're trying to make them feel welcome and and comfortable but also tell them like you know this is your chance to to um to show yourself and and see if you can can compete at at this level yeah yeah it's really awesome i mean i feel like obviously living in atlanta we had the club there but I feel like Austin's just done such a really great job and just making it very well known that like this is a part of their long-term game plan. Yeah, and it should. I mean, it's a it's a great resource. Yeah. Um, you know, you obviously the goal is to get as many players that you, that you can up to the first team and whether they're staples within the the team for a couple of years or you end up selling them like other clubs have for millions of dollars and then you can put that back into the club. Um, yeah. I mean, this this club is run really well, and I'm sure there's there's great strategy behind everything. Yeah, very well thought out. So what's what's next for you? I mean, you've you've uh, gotten to the level of of MLS All Star, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, is there interest in even maybe taking that even a step further, maybe at the international level? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I've obviously set out goals for myself and some pretty lofty ones that I thought deep down, you know, am I ever going to get close to this? And now I'm in a place where I, where I am achieving those goals and, and, um, you know, 
few years back, I thought that would be impossible. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to keep going and my goals now are, you know, hopefully make a national team appearance, um, whether it be for my, my home country in, in Ireland or um, working on my citizenship for the US. Um, you know, World Cups coming up, European competitions, um, you know, I'd love to represent at the national level and we'll just have to see. Let's say you get the U.S. citizenship. What would you choose? Would you choose the United <laughs> States or would you choose Ireland? No, I'm not going to answer that okay. just yet. TBD on that. <laughs> TBD. Well, probably the United States, I guess. Um, they got a lot. Both, both, both countries have a lot of fullbacks. That seems to be like the um, most populated position. So be tough tough decision we don't have to we don't have to make that announcement yeah we'll yet. cross that bridge when when <laughs> hopefully when we get there yeah before cool. we um hit the rapid fire game that we do with each of our guests at the end what i know that you probably have personal goals for yourself each season but this club has made such a splash and you know playoff run where do you see this team in the next two three seasons Competing for trophies. Um, that's always been the goal. You know, Josh made it clear to us that we're a club that's ambitious and should be at the top of the table competing for trophies every year. Um, you know, this year has obviously been a, a little bit of a struggle with the Open Cup and the Champions League, but there's still, there's still trophies out there. And MLS is such a quirky, funny league where you don't have to be playing at your best, you know, until the last few games. You know, you make playoffs. You've got a little bit of a little bit of momentum. Yep. You know, you can make a run. Um, and then obviously, League's Cup coming up too. Mm -hmm. Really exciting. We'll have two games at home, so hopefully, um, starts off on the right foot. Yep. And we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. And we'll see how everything pans out in the All Star Game. Yep. Looking Super forward fun. to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I know we warned you before the interview. This is our rapid fire game. We're about to hit you with ten questions. First thing that comes to mind, word, thought, just go with it. Okay. Okay. All right. Favorite restaurant in Austin? ATX Casino. Okay. Name one hobby of yours outside of soccer. Um, uh, playing with my dog. What's your dog's name? Leo. Leo. Yeah. Oh. He's a yellow lab. Oh, such yeah. a beauty. Yeah. Wow. Um, bucket list trip. Um, going to multiple Premier League grounds in in the UK. <laughs> That's amazing. Super legit. Yeah. Have you crossed them off your list? I've gotten a couple, but I've convinced my wife that this off season we will be we will going be over. Some yeah. More. yeah, yeah. I said we have to go visit Ireland to see my relatives, but we'll also be going to the UK and trying to go to like as many games as possible. That's amazing. Love and that. she was in. She's like, she's like pushing for just as much now so wow. whatever i did was right we <laughs> She's did on board we did honeymoon last year so she got okay. like the tropical okay now we can go now we're gonna go to some football yeah. yeah yeah love it um if you weren't playing soccer what would you be doing um coaching coaching soccer <laughs> okay coaching soccer yeah <laughs> still around the team uh most recent hulu netflix apple tv binge Oh, uh, binge Blackbird on Apple TV. Ooh, you seen okay. it? No, have not seen it. Just finished it's a little, it's a little dark to talk about on okay. the podcast, but okay. extremely 
riveting. It's for our adult yeah. viewers. Okay. Yes. For sure. Yeah. MA content. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just finished Ted Lasso. And we I, did we watched that too. Yeah. I'm just like, Nico, you need to watch Nico hasn't watched it. He's only watched like two episodes. I've watched the first season. Okay. Well, we, so, we love we love Ted Lasso. So good. Yeah. I was not ready for it to end. To end. So if we Jason thought, wants to bring it back. Yeah, we have absolutely no issues with that. <laughs> no issues. Season four. Let's go. Yeah. All right. All time favorite player. Um Roy Keane. Roy Keane. Mm -hmm. yeah. Favorite quote. Um Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Love that. We were going to say bonus points if you have it tattooed somewhere. We've had like six guests well, on, and they. I also have the. <laughs> I also have the man in the arena tattoo from Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Um, I have. Sorry, I have the man in the arena tattoo. I have um, the quote up on my board, mm. like as I leave the house, Ooh. and so I is see it that kind one of like the believe. Month. Do a little tap. Um, I just. Yeah, I see it like as I'm heading out the door. I don't tap it. Yeah, but yeah, okay, them, okay. but um, could be a pregame yeah. superstition that we haven't tapped into yet. Yeah, man in the arena. It's a good quote. It's nice. Long, so I couldn't yeah. rephrase it for you now, but we'll have everybody look it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah Google. Google. Right. So, um, all right. If you didn't play soccer, what sport are you playing? Um, probably Gaelic football back home anyone okay. doesn't know that's a sport that we play back in ireland and that's what i did describe play. that um it's like a mix of football and rugby you can use your yeah. hands it's pretty bit, physical yeah very physical yeah. okay i'm gonna have to look that up go look yeah. up some highlights yeah <laughs> yeah um all right favorite city to play in outside of austin oh it's supposed to be rapid fire um <laughs> portland Portland. Portland is a great, great stadium, great atmosphere. Really? Great hotels. I thought you would have said, yeah. I, I totally yeah. thought you were going to go Mercedes Benz. Wow. Um, That's got to be up there, right? I mean, yeah, but. It's a rapid fire. Yeah. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> and now that. we're getting explanations. <laughs> it's good, but the, the fans seem so far away from the field. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because it's so, okay. the, like, where the first row starts mm -hmm. quite yeah. out. It's but there. it's it's like a spaceship that stadium you're like almost overwhelmed by just like the roof and yeah i do like from a fan's perspective like how they've created the element of like being on the field yeah that's yeah that's, that's cool. cool but it does take away from some of the like seating portland's grass right turf their turf is yeah but yeah. um yeah good atmosphere um, oh yeah and nashville's good too their new stadium was was good to play yeah like rapid that. fire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most most memorable goal scored in your career oh um it would have to be the first first goal here at q2 okay yeah yeah that yeah that or my goal against rangers was like my first professional goal so oh man that was a That's big epic. one to score uh, yeah 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 so now Either this one. might be a silly question do you guys get to keep those balls kind of like yeah. the baseball. Okay. Oh, I've got so them. you're like, take that off. Yeah. I've got them back yeah. home. I've got like the boot that I scored the goal with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's epic. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, building the, the man cave. Yes. For sure. <laughs> my wife loves it. She's like, it's oh. my shrine. I love it. Yeah. She approves <laughs> bucket list trips, man cave. Yeah. Check, yeah. check. Well, um, we'll go ahead and, and close it right there. I've got like a little closing segment that I'll, I'll say, but, um, really solid job, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you much. having yeah, me on. It was fun. So, cool. um, 
All right, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms uh, at TrainATX. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this episode. And we'll see you next time.